Hi, everyone. Welcome to the All Bound Awesomeness Podcast brought to you by Impressa Solutions. I am your host, Julie Ewald. I'm also the Chief Everything Officer at Impressa Solutions. This is our first episode, and I'm here with my colleague, Teodora. Hey, Teodora. Hey, Julie, and hello, everyone who's listening. So thank you so much for being our first guest. Uh, Really appreciate you being here. Uh, So for those of you who don't know Teodora, Teodora enjoys good stories. She's a content marketer and strategist, writer, expat, and daydreamer with a passion for language learning. Teodora helps businesses across many industries reach and connect to their audiences in genuine and meaningful ways by getting clients to think outside the box to reach their goals. Uh, Teodora is also an avid tweeter. So if you want to connect with Teodora after the podcast, uh, you can find her at Emma Pierchu. Uh, you can also get her contact information in the show notes. So again, Teodora, thank you so much for being here. You ready to get started? Thank you. I am. Let's do this. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, This is our first episode, so this might be a little messy, but thankfully, Teodora is a true professional and an expert, so she'll be carrying us today. Um, No pressure. So, Yeah, no pressure at all. So I guess we'll start off. I know I did the official intro, um, but is there anything you want to add about yourself? Uh, I don't know. Um, probably just that, you know, I live on Twitter. So if at any time someone wonders what I'm doing when I'm not doing marketing, I'm tweeting. So <laughs> that's it. Good to know. So definitely follow uh, Teodora on Twitter. So we're going to talk a lot today about gated un- and ungated content in B2B marketing um, and some of these best practices. So if you could, for, re- for our listeners who don't know, what is gated content and why the heck would you gate it? Oh, what is gated content? Um, everything that lives behind a door, a wall, um, a window. So basically it's hidden, it's uh, closed to um, people who want to access it and you would have to give something in return to get access to that content usually would be an email address or some sort of contact information. Sometimes um, a a long spreadsheet of questions, of boring questions about everything around you from, I don't know how many people work in your organization to what you ate this morning. Um, Why would you do it? Uh, Lead generation most of the time. But... um, it doesn't mean that you should always do it. You know, so sometimes you should do it, sometimes you shouldn't. But you know, let's say that the um, the purpose would be uh, to generate some quality, hopefully quality. Okay, so it sounds like if I want to convert strangers to become my contacts and hopefully to be leads, I need to have some way to collect them, and the gate is a good way to do it. Hide that lead magnet behind there, and and get their sweet sweet info. 
Oh, yeah, that would be the ideal, you know, like in the ideal world or like in 2029. Oh, God, it's 2023 now. So probably I think 2017. Yeah. Or maybe even 2018. That, that would be that would be the recipe. Yes. Um, today, I'm not so sure this is the right way to do it. So um, I'm all for gating some sort of content, not everything. Definitely something has to change because, you know, gating the ebook with five ways to get more money into your business, that's not going to work anymore. I mean, it's already not working anymore. Okay. So it sounds like ungated content is working a lot better. So what are these benefits to having ungated content? Giving people access to information and being part of the solution, even if they're not your clients or your leads yet. It's building a different kind of connection, a different level of trust, and uh, it streamlines the experience, you know, because the problem with the gated content is that extra step. So I need to sit, I need to fill that um, form on that landing page. And sometimes it works because the content is that good. So the problem is like not gating, what kind of content can we still gate and how valuable is this? really worth the effort, the extra effort, because honestly, it becomes, um, I wouldn't say boring, but it's, the, the, it's easy to Google, you know, ask chat GPT if you want. And I just don't need your ebook anymore because I Googled it and I actually found that information somewhere else without me having to go through the extra hassle and without me having to go through, I don't know, 100 emails from you in the next five months. Makes a lot of sense. So if I'm producing content, is there any kind of hard or fast rule about when to gate or not? And if there isn't, how do you decide? Oh, I, I don't believe in rules around this. Like what could be the right way to do it for a company? It might not just get it for another one. So there is no like universal, you know, cookie cutter kind of rule here, but um, I feel like common sense is what the thing that would decide whether you will gate or not. As in, is this piece of content really that worthy? Like, is this somewhere? Can I? Can my um, my readers or my viewers or my followers on social media can they find this information somewhere else with I don't know, two clicks or just a simple query, or is this? a piece of content that I've been investing my, I don't know, my resources for six months in. Am I producing something truly valuable here that doesn't exist anywhere else on the internet? Gate it. Am I just rewriting something that's been on Google since 2020? Keep that, like give it anyways, write that. It's important to find the information in one place instead of, I don't know, going through 20 Google searches. It's important to have that information in, in the right form, but it doesn't need to be gated at this point. Because my uh, my email address as a, as a lead, especially in B2B, right, when good email addresses are so worthy, um, it's not worth those 20 clicks or those 20 queries that I would do on Google to get the information. No, that that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's hard because as a marketer, Getting that data, getting that information is so valuable, but as someone who makes B2B purchase decisions on the regular, it's 
really hard to give up that email address for something that, as you said, that I could just Google and get easily, or that is almost on the verge of being common sense. Why would I do that? So is there any piece of content or certain instances where you're like, do not gate that, no way ever, even if it is something that's more current or something that is new? Uh, again, so it's just, it's not a universal thing. So for some companies it might make sense. What I try not to do or suggest to clients to do is gate case studies. Like that's information about your brand. That's something that would close as hell. Why would you gate something like that? It's your opportunity to show, not tell how great you are. Why would you ask people to pay in any form to see how great you are? That should be information that lives freely on the internet for anyone to access as easily as possible. So that would be my answer. Like I'm not saying that no one should do it. Again, everything it's in, it depends in marketing. Everything it starts with, it depends. But case studies, like, I don't know, 9.9 out of 10 should be easy, easy to access. I'm, I'm with you there. There's, as you're going through the buyer's journey and you're going through your sales process, you don't want to create friction at certain points. And when someone is so close to giving you money that they want to understand how these engagements went with other clients or other customers, I don't want to throw up another barrier to them getting that information. Um, because if my competitor is freely giving these case studies, why would I jump through extra hoops when I can just learn more about this friendly, accessible competitor? Um, I, I feel the same way also with some very top of the funnel content, um, just because a lot of that is that not revolutionary kind of stuff. You're able to solve problems really quickly, build a lot of value, uh, generate a lot of rapport. So just let them in, let them have it. Um, if you are gating though, I picture a lot of times, you know, the gate, and I think most of our, our clients do too, picture just a landing page. Are there other ways to gate content? Oh, yes, there are. So, and it's, I think that every day, you, you, or maybe not every day, this is an exaggeration, but new ways of, you know, delivering content and collecting email addresses are uh, implemented and are ideated every day. So you can just share a Google link with someone, right? And to access that doc, they would have to give you an email address. And there's actually a tool, there's a software for that, that enables file sharing, uh, file sharing through, even through HubSpot. Um, if, if I remember correctly. So you would just give them the Google link and they would have to, to give their email address. That email address is, goes directly into your CRM and it's also easy. So there is no landing page. I'm just sending you this uh, Google Doc, uh, this link to the Google Doc and bam, you have an email address. Um, you can do that through uh, LinkedIn ads. You can do that directly in the ad, right? give you my, uh, you don't even have to give the email address because LinkedIn will do that for you. So there are multiple ways to um, reduce friction, as you said, and make this uh, process as easy as possible. Because again, the lead is giving you something super important. 
an, a valid email address where they can be connected uh, with you, where you can contact them and send them messages. So it's already, they're already giving so much. So as we're thinking about gating content and the various ways you can gate content, I know I have opinions on this about what makes a good or a bad gate, what, you know, best practices there are around gating content. I'm wondering if you can share some of yours. Bad gates. Oh, the never ending four. That's always like always a no for me. And I'm going through it anyway, because I'm a writer. I'm not a quitter. So uh, I, you know, I download tons of um, and this is probably something that I shouldn't say, but I'm saying it anyway. I'm a writer. I need resources. So I will download things. Sometimes I don't have the, the opportunity to say, hey, I'm sorry. I'm a writer. I need this piece of content. Please don't contact me. They contact me anyway. So I'm going through all this hassle and tell them my country, my phone number, uh, my email address, a secondary email address sometimes. Um, I don't even remember how many employees. When was the last time when I bought something? When was the last time I, I don't know, researched about, I'm a writer, I don't have that information. I'm, and you know, I am patient and I, I really need that information. So I'm doing my best to get it. But I'm trying to think like, what kind of person would go through all that to download that resource? and that's for me is a no. When, when I see a never ending form, that's, that's a no. Or um, when they ask you to, you know, information that's not like right on, on hand and you'd have to invent things. Because sometimes I'm, I'm using the, the for, for companies that don't allow you to download with your Gmail, your personal uh, email address, you need to use the, um, uh, the company address, the, the corporate email address that you have. So I will use a, a mine from Impressa Solutions, right? And they ask me stuff that I don't know. I would have to call you and say, hey, Julie, how many, I don't know, something, something do we do every year? I don't do that. I invent stuff. So I, I basically, so it doesn't make sense. Most people won't go through and won't answer accurately to these questions anyways. Yeah. I'm very much on the same page. When I see these forms that are asking for all kinds of information, sometimes getting a little personal with it, uh, it really is a big turnoff. And I'm just like, I don't need this ebook or white paper that badly uh, because, you know, again, while I get you want to get good data, it's just simply too much. And the information needs to be, I guess, evenly weighted for the value I'm going to be getting. And if I'm like, dude, this is a checklist. It's going to, it might be a throwaway. It's going to help me for all of five minutes. I'm not going to tell you my life story. I'm not going to tell you what our annual revenue is or what our turnover rate is or all sorts of other things just to get something that's going to be a flash in the pan. So definitely asking for too much is bad gate territory for me too. Did you know that I'm an author? That's right, I have a new book out, The Inbound Marketing Machine, Unlock the Secrets to B2B Marketing Strategies That Convert. While marketing teams struggle to agree on what strategy actually looks like, this book gives you a holistic framework for content creation and distribution that converts more contacts, nurtures more leads, and benefits the bottom line. Get your copy exclusively on Amazon, and if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can read it for free today. One of the things that as 
you know, we're starting in 2023, uh, Impressa is kind of turning a new leaf. And instead of being all inbound, inbound, inbound all the time, um, we're starting to look at the idea of the all bound marketing methodology. So this is kind of that, you know, this unification of inbound and outbound marketing and sales technique techniques coming together to drive more results and not leave opportunities on the table. So as we're talking about content and gated and ungated content, how does this fit into the idea of all bound? Uh, again, it depends. But overall, I think it all goes back to making things easy for the person you want to get in touch with and um, making information available. So again, this is, is not 2017 anymore. People have learned how to find information. If I can't find it on Google, I'll ask on Twitter, I'll call a friend, I'll DM on LinkedIn someone. I mean, we've been networking since 2020. We've been networking so much. We have most of the the people in within even like decision makers. They have a network, a strong network that has been consolidated since 2020. If the information is not available for me right away with a click or with a simple Google query, I know someone on Twitter, I know someone on LinkedIn, uh, everybody has begun to build a network of experts to talk to. So um, in in this new all-bound approach, uh, not gating content, um, let's say, speeds up a bit the 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 uh, connection the connection building with leads of course you can't give everything for free and I think that the most difficult part um, in this new approach will be to convince clients to invest even more resources in producing that kind of content worth gating and this will be the 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 extra right when when you actually take that the go the extra mile. So uh, spending more time on research, doing original research, more original research, sharing your data in uh, in ways that, of course, don't compromise your um, your integrity as a brand, and providing the value that people can get somewhere else. It's also a very difficult moment for content creators in B two B, but also in general, because uh, we've we've seen the explosion of um, artificial intelligence. Uh, and um, AI tools that write content. So it's going to be even harder to actually produce something that is worth reading and that people will read knowing that this is human-touched product, human-touched content. So you need to start talking more from your experience, sharing more from your uh, from your backyard, probably, uh, or working a lot more and having that original research in place. So this is where um, I see this a bit like um, as a bottleneck because it's it's going to be harder anyway for everyone. So talking to clients about, hey, you need to invest a bit more resources in this. Um, I'll, I'll see this like a bit harder, uh, a challenge. But if we succeed to do that, then uh, those will be successful campaigns. So my final question that I have is about sales. I'm a huge advocate of 
leveraging content for sales enablement and using that marketing content to help accelerate the sales cycle. So I guess my question is, what do you do with content that's used in the sales process? Do you ever gate it or is it strictly just a give? Well, it doesn't make sense to gate it anymore at this point, right? So I'm already talking to you. I have your email address. Uh, probably we've been on a phone call. So gating that it doesn't make sense anymore. I'm just going to sh- share that with you because you are my sales qualified lead. You are already in my um, uh, in my database. Uh, probably we talk. We I know your name. I know your kid's name. If I'm a good salesperson, um, so it doesn't make sense to gate it, right? It makes sense to have it like available, again, easy, accessible, living somewhere, ideally somewhere on your website. Um, I'm just going to make like a short, you know, like brackets here. Don't attach, don't send attachment attachments in, in emails. I mean, we've been working a lot with uh, cybersecurity experts, a lot with IT companies. And uh, right now I'm a bit paranoid about cybersecurity. Never attach anything to your emails as a marketer or as a salesperson. Make them live on your website somewhere. If if it's possible to, you know, optimize for SEO, that's great. But just send a link. Don't send an attachment in an email. So make it easy, accessible, with a click, um, in a format that is mobile friendly um, and never gate at this point in, in sales. It doesn't make sense. You already have everything you need. If you want uh, more information and you would need to use a form, find something else to give them, something that is way more valuable than, um, I don't know, um, one pager. And again, everything that is about your business, everything that is about how great you are as a business can't be gated. You can't ask people to pay to, you know, read about how great you are. They will pay for something that is valuable for them outside of your relationship. And I say pay, it's not money, it's an email address. And in today's world is worth more than, I don't know, $15 for an ebook. <laughs> no, it's really true because the a contact and a lead does have, you know, a degree of value and savvy buyers, particularly those in the B2B space, they know it. They're not going to give that away, you know, for, for free, but they also don't want that again, friction, redundancy, et cetera. So I would be really miffed if someone sent me a link to a landing page in the sales process and it's treating me like a stranger asking me to go and reinsert everything. So it's really nice if you're using uh, a marketing automation platform, something like HubSpot, where you're able to autofill. If someone happens to stumble across a landing page and they're an opportunity or they're already a customer, like let them have it. Um, Make sure that it's not going to make them go through those steps as if they are a stranger or if you're doing some kind of additional lead nurturing for someone you're already working as a deal, use a, use a feature like um, HubSpot Smart Content or something else that allows you to send different variants so that those folks who you're already working a deal with or who are, are already giving you money don't have to jump through the hoops. They just get it right away uh, and just keep giving to further build that rapport and build that relationship. 
So makes a ton of sense there. So I'm looking at my notes. I've asked all of my questions. So Theodora, did I miss anything? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> if I if I am to look back at your uh, at the notes we had for this, I, I can't remember. Um, I think we can talk more about um, what makes quality content uh, at this point and how um, people have become more picky about uh, content. And there are so many brands out there that are doing a great job at uh, creating very high standards for uh, quality content, especially in the B2B um, area. It's been uh, some rough couple of years and um, there are great players in almost every industry you know, like um, industry standard givers. I don't know if that's even a word. Um, and you you download that content, maybe out of curiosity or maybe because you actually need it. And you start seeing some patterns across industries around the quality of the design, the quality of the graphics, the quality of the research. And the standard is getting higher and higher in, in content production. Of course, you can... No one says you can't hire, I don't know, two freelancers in Fever and write a 3,000-word ebook that you can try to use as a lead magnet or content offer. But the standard is high. Um, most leads and potential buyers out there kind of get used to these high standards. And there's a huge gap between, you know, those great content creators and whatever you can buy for a few hundred bucks. So. Um, Instead of producing, I don't know, four content offers a year and um, trying to push those, focus on producing one piece of content, but make it perfect or close to perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. So um, that would be my, my advice to, to focus more on the quality of the content. And uh, this is something that I know you're a huge advocate of, um, promoting that content. So it's not just enough to have a landing page and um, or an ebook or I don't know a report. You need to promote that, and I think this is something that uh, this is something I learned from Impressa Solutions. Solutions actually uh, promoting the content until you, you get bored of doing it. It's so important. It really is. I mean, per con content promotion is needs to be integral to the content marketing efforts. A lot of folks still kind of have this, if you build it, they will come attitude, which just isn't the case. Yeah. Like maybe if you did like really SEO stuff out and your brand is really well known and your CEO is like a celebrity or something, yeah, people might show up. But for the vast majority of brands, what really needs to happen is you need to start with SEO first ideation and make sure that keywords are baked in. Your site or wherever you place your content needs to be optimized for search. Once the content comes out, organic and paid social, leveraging email marketing, using it in your cold outreach, et cetera, like you need to get it out there. So for folks who are like, okay, well, this is my content budget. I'm just going to use it to, you know, churn out content offers. If there's not that money left to promote it, that was kind of a waste. Uh, there's not going to be as many eyeballs on the content and you're just not going to get the same return on that investment. So yeah, getting good content, 
out there and then making sure you're telling people it's out there is pretty dang huge. Yeah, I don't remember what would be a good, um, a good, like, probably a 30, 70, 40, 60, like 40% in, in the content creation and 60 in, in promoting that content as, um, you know, value inside your budget. So if just quit producing, produce just two instead of three or one instead of two and leave the rest of the money for um, promoting that content. And I mean, there's no... There's no shame in paying for ads for paid for promoting via social media, for example. I mean, there's no secret that organic reach can just, you know, go so far. And I feel like uh, some people are just afraid to promote and pay to promote via LinkedIn or via Twitter or even Facebook because they feel like, oh, if I'm promoting, it means I don't trust enough. I don't believe enough in the content I've created. That's not true. It's just necessary because that's the world we live in that's the world of algorithms and um they will just help you so much if you don't uh, give them access to your credit card there's no shame there yeah very much so especially we're talking about b2b running those linkedin ads can get you a lot of value even though the cost per click is likely going to be higher than some of the other platforms aka facebook you're more likely to connect with your audience and you're more likely to see actual results from those clicks. So really highly recommend at the bare, bare minimum, when something like a content offer rolls out, put at least the minimum budget behind it for like seven days with a couple of different iterations of creative and just see if you get any bites. This isn't necessarily going to be a high ROI activity. Um, You probably aren't going to get much from it, but you'll be able to see where people are clicking. You may get a conversion or two, but you know, when you discover what's working, then you're able to put more money behind it and start using that to actually drive, you know, some results for you. It's, it's turning on the tap and turning it off where it comes to letting leads come in. And of course that does kind of help boost the overall reach for that. So I'm a fan. And then the employees can help you pr- promote the, those content offers, even if they're gated. So, you know, like you can screenshot a page of it or actually not screenshot, just ask your design team to do that. It's a, a page of that, screenshot it, give it, put it out there. Your employees can share that online with a link to the landing page if that's a gated content offer. Or even like, um, I would call them mini influencers on LinkedIn, especially the LinkedIn content creators uh, today gain more and more uh, credibility. And um, if you can collaborate with some and, hey, we, we need to promote this and, you know, give them the tools. So the more you can control how your content goes out there, the better. So give them the tools, give them a media kit, give them images, visuals, uh, video, if that's something that you can do and have budget for and ask them to help. And even your community of, uh, of users and your community of customers, uh, the customer should always, if it makes sense for them, they should always have access to your latest content. It, the content is not just for, you know, closing new sales. They can also in- help with retention. They can also increase the customer loyalty and open more conversations inside your community. And sometimes, and this is something that I actually love about HubSpot, whenever they, they um, launch new um, content, 
there's always a way that we um, members of the HubSpot community can access that content easily and share it with our network and share it with our um, friends or with our social um, media um, connections. Uh, it's so easy and we don't like, nobody pays us to do that. We just do it because the content is that good. And uh, because uh, we know that by sharing that, we help HubSpot and we also help uh, people in our uh, network because this is great advice. So, um, you know, thinking a bit out of the box, um, moving away from the traditional um, create the content landing page, uh, one link on the company's uh, LinkedIn page that no one has visited since you first opened that. Uh, and that's it. It's not. Oh, and then you just they decide that content marketing is not working. All right. Of course, it's not working. You're not working. You're not doing your part. You need to start thinking outside the box. And whether you gate that content or you don't gate it, you still need to find ways to convince people, hey, this is something worth reading. Because um, we talk about gating and not gating content. This is just one tiny bit, you know, convincing them to give an email address to download. But then there's the other bit that is convincing them to actually read that. And um, we did this for some clients, uh, like we created a, um, a follow-up campaign after they uh, downloaded the ebook just to send them the most important bits of that ebook to make sure that they actually read that because that was super helpful information. Because, you know, I download things and then don't read them because I don't have the time or I don't know, I just get bored in the meantime or I got a TikTok notification or I don't know, Shakira launched another song. So I just... I lose it. I forget about it. So they need to be convinced to read just as much as they need to be convinced to download content these days because there's everywhere. Information is everywhere and we only have two eyes. That is a really good point and a good thing to end on because, you know, we're really appreciative if you've listened this long because, you know, there is a lot of other stuff out there. There's a lot of competing noise. There's a lot of competing advice. There's a lot of competing thought leadership. So being able to put something out there that gives that value that allows people to want to stick around uh, is really dang beneficial. So as content create, creation efforts go on, it's very helpful to be able to tap into things that are going to actually build that value and that rapport and make people not want to listen to Shakira's new song, but listen to you instead. So with that, I want to remind y'all to connect with Teodora, um, particularly on Twitter at Emma Pierchu. Uh, E-M-A-P-I-R-C-I-U. And, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at Team Impressa. Um, you can reach out to me at julietimpressasolutions.com. So thank you so much, Theodora. Really appreciate you being our first guest on our first episode. Thank you. Uh, it, it was a very, uh, very interesting conversation. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think we got a lot of good stuff here. So uh, for everyone else, 
Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate you sticking around for our first episode. If you'd like some more information on Teodora and how to get in hold of her, uh, check out the show notes. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs>